Revelation 22 verse 18 says, For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. If any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part. King James says, out of the book of life, yours might say, from the tree of life, and out of the things that are written in the book. He which testifieth these things saith, surely I come quickly. Notice the last word in the Bible from Jesus to us, quickly. Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. So we have this close of the book. Two speakers, Jesus Christ is speaking, probably from verse 16 on down. Three times he says, I testify. And then, so Jesus this morning, verses 18, 19, and 20a, the first half of verse 20, and then the second half of verse 20 is John and verse 21. So uh, we have these two speakers as we look at this this morning. Interesting as it opens up before us, this book opens with a blessing. Blessed are those who read, blessed are those who hear, blessed are those who keep. The end is you ain't blessed if you if you hear and don't keep and you know so so it goes from a blessing in the beginning to a real severe challenge at the end of the book and it's almost as though Jesus is saying look you have everything you need to have for me I've said everything I need to say the case is closed so don't add to it and don't take away from it Think of the scope. You know, he, he's, he's told us about Jesus and glory on Patmos. Then he's spoken to the churches. He's given us instruction as the churches. Then we have a picture of the rapture in chapter 4. The church standing before Jesus in heaven. Then we have Jesus opening the seals. We watch the seals and the trumpets and the vials. Then we have Jesus returning in chapter 19, taking up his kingdom for a thousand years. We have him at the end destroying Satan, casting him into the, the, the Gehenna, and then the great white throne, and everything is judged. Heavens and earth flee away. He creates a new heavens and new earth, the holy city Jerusalem coming down from heaven. It's described to us in detail. The, the inhabitants are brought before us. And then as all of that happens then in, in verse 6 and 22 he starts to give us exhortations in the epilogue and Jesus finally says and this is it you don't need to know anymore you already know about the church age you already know that that I'm going to interrupt at some point with the with the voice of the archangel the the trumpet of God and the, the with a shout you know that's coming and you know that the tribulation's coming on the world. There's going to be the seals and the trumpets and judgments. You know that I'm coming at the end of that to set up my kingdom. You know that I'm going to reign on earth for a thousand years. You know after that I'm going to deal with the enemy once and for all and set up the great white throne and all of the, the lost and ungodly will be judged. You know then when, when, the, when there's only space, I'm going to create a new heavens and a new earth. You know what the new city's going to be like. You know what the inhabitants are going to experience. And you know then it's going to go on for and ever and ever and ever. You don't need to know anything else. You don't need to know anything else. So if any man adds to this, there is no more inspirational prophecy to be written. Zero. 
And, and the Lord makes us aware of that. Because you look at some of the guys in our country that told people, oh, give me your houses. Jesus is coming in September. They took advantage of people. People listened to them. It's crazy. You got the Shemitah and the blood moons and all this insanity. No, you have what you need. To, what you need is here. Watch the news. You don't need the news. You need this news. You need to know what your eternity is and what's going on. So Jesus brings us into this. And then in verse 18, he speaks, it's emphatic again, I, not no one else, I, I myself. He's been, the great emphasis here is he's given us the last testimony in this book. I testify, and it's present tense, and what it says in the Greek is I am testifying. Listen, this morning, we've been studying the book for over a year. This morning as we close it, he says this to you and I at the end of the book. I'm the one, no one else, it's me who's testifying to every one of you. That every one of us in our hearts this morning should feel a testimony, something the Holy Spirit is saying to us in our heart about this book of Revelation. He says, I say this to everyone who heareth is hearing, I'm testifying, are you hearing, the words, lago, the, it's, it's sayings four times, words twice, the, the, the logos is the word of God. Everyone who hears the words, Jesus speaks of precise words, precise words make us think, precise thoughts, good information produces good fruit. He says each and every word is important. Don't take away from it, don't add to it. All of the words of the prophecy of this book. Then the challenge, if any man, anyone, includes women too, girls, you're not left out. If any man shall add, present tense, is adding unto these things, God shall add future active. The day is going to come when I'm going to add to them. And it's to him singular. I'm going to deal with each individual and what I'm going to add to them is the plagues that are written in the book. The plagues, the seals, the trumpets, the vials. Anybody who's adding to the word of God, doesn't care what Revelation said, is going to be going through the tribulation. He's going to add to them these things. He says that are written, which is a perfect tense, that stand written. That have been written. These words stand written. Not to be changed at all. That are written in this book. Now look. As we go into this. What he's saying is nobody should tamper with this. I don't want anybody tampering with this book of Revelation. It's prophetic. So all kinds of strange people are going to come around and say. Well it should say this. Well it shouldn't have said this. Hey John he removed the thing. You know the one voice he heard in chapter 10. He was told not to write. So he probably shouldn't have written these other things. You know he, it's going to come under attack. There's probably no two books in the Bible. That have been under more attack than Genesis and Revelation. And he said that's going to happen. He said there's two ways you can tamper with it. And he's warning. One is by adding. And one is by subtracting. Subtracting may be damning. Because if you add to the word. At least you still have the word you added to. If you detract from the word. You diminish it. You take away from it. And look. This has been the challenge all through scripture. The first thing we have the Lord saying to man is in Genesis chapter 2, 
And it says, The Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that, that of that thou shalt not eat, for in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. That's the word of God. In fact, it's the word spoken by God to man. Satan comes. Chapter 3. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? He's adding. God said there's one tree. Has God said, you know, God said you, sh- you can't eat of every tree. No, that's adding to the word of God. And then the serpent said to the woman, she said, well, no, we're, we're, not, we're, we're not supposed to eat of the tree. And the serpent then said to the woman, you shall not surely die. That's detracting from the word of God. And from the beginning, that type of addition and subtraction has been demonic And it is in the world we live in today. It comes from Satan. It's a dark force. And it would add to this book. Because, look, the challenges are about the book of Revelation. By application, they're for the whole scripture. Deuteronomy says this. Now, therefore, this is Jesus' favorite book, by the way. The most he quoted from the New Testament was from Deuteronomy. Now, therefore, hearken... Uh, O Israel, under the statutes and the judgments which I teach you to do them, that you may live and go in and possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers has given you. You shall not add unto the word which I command you, neither shall you diminish aught from it, that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you. Right from Deuteronomy, when they're ready to go in the land, the Lord says, do not add to the word, do not take away from the word, live in the word. That's where blessing happens to be. In chapter 12 of Deuteronomy, he says, And what thing soever I command you, observe to do it, thou shalt not add thereto, nor shalt thou diminish from it. Interesting, in the book of Proverbs, it talks about adding. It says, every word of God is pure. He is a shield to them that put their trust in him. Add thou not unto his words, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. Then in Jeremiah, we have this. Thus saith the Lord, stand in the court of the Lord's house and speak unto all of the cities of Judah, which come to worship in the Lord's house, all the words that I command thee to speak unto them. Diminish not a word. So Proverbs says don't add. Jeremiah says don't detract. That's the theme through the scripture. Jesus, when he finally comes and walks among us, he warns of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. The Pharisees added to the word of God. The Sadducees detracted from the word of God. There are legalists in the church today who are adding to the word of God. Some form of legalism or something you need to do that flies in the face of Jesus and his death on the cross. There are Sadducees today that are detracting from the word of God. Well, yes, you don't have to. That's Victorian. It was written a long time. It doesn't apply today. You can do morally whatever. You can live however you want. There, There are those today adding and subtracting. Jesus himself strictly forbids that. And warns us that in the last days false teachers will come. Matthew 24, 11. 
Then, of course, we have 1 Timothy uh, chapter 3, 3, 2 Timothy chapter 4. You know, the last days will be perilous times, difficult times. Men will be lovers of money, you know, proud, boasters, disobedient, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. The climate that we would come into, we are in a climate where men love pleasure more than God. There's no doubt about it. Second Peter chapter 2 says, In the last days false teachers will come, even denying the Lord that bought them, pushing aside the blood of Christ. Jude says, I wanted to write to you about our common faith, but then as I sat down with the quill, the Holy Spirit had me write that you would defend the faith that was once delivered to the saints. We have to stand up for it. And the book of Revelation throughout is saying, don't add to this. Don't take away from this. There's warning about tampering with the completeness of the book. He says this then in verse 19. He says, and if any of you take away, that's present active, you're taking away from the words, speaking to us today. If any of you are taking away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away, that's future active again, the days coming when God is going to take away. And it will be his part, singular, your part, out of the book of life or out of the tree of life, both of those will be the same. If your name is stricken from the book of life, you, you perish eternally. If you are not allowed access to the tree of life, you perish eternally. Affect is the same, whatever your translation says. He says, if you take away from my word, you have the arrogance to think that you know more than I do. This is Jesus talking. He said, God will take away your part out of the tree of life or the book of life, away from, apo, and then out of, ek, completely out of the holy city. Now, if you look down at verse 14, it says, Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates of the city. Now he's saying, if you take away from my word, I'm going to take those things away from you, out of the holy city, and from the things which, again, stand written, perfect tense, in this book. The things that are here were written and stand written. They're not to be changed. They're not to be added to. They're not to be subtracted from. The word of God is eternal. Heaven and earth is going to pass away. Jesus said, my word will not pass away. So he gives that last, really a terrible warning. And he says then, in verse 20, He which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. He says again, I'm the one who's testifying. I'm the one who could go to the courtroom. This case is closed. I'm the one who's giving the evidence. I'm the one who's presenting everything you need as a testimony. I'm the one who's doing that. He which testifieth is testifying to us this morning. These things saith, and this, this is what Jesus has to say. It's the last thing in the Bible he says to us. He says, surely I come quickly. Interesting. Surely means yes, indeed. This is what I have to say. This is my last testimony to you. Yes, indeed. 
It's interesting, one of the scholars I read said, this is a participle of affirmation. That is, the truth that's stated will not admit to any change or shadow of the doubt. The truth that's stated will not yield to anything. That's what the word surely means. Surely, I come, is the present tense, I am coming. This is what that says. He is on his way. He's on his way. You you can get drowned in the news and the depression in this present world. Understand this. He's, well, he said that 2,000 years ago. Well, the thing is then... It's, it's more pertinent to you and I than any generation of the church that ever lived. We can look around and see it falling apart. We can see all of these things the scripture said would happen in the last days. We're surrounded with it. And what he says to you and I this morning, this is what I'm testifying to y'all right now. I, no one else, me, emphatic again, I am coming. I am on my way. Quickly Again, the idea of imminence. I'm there. I'm at the door. Tacos. I'm coming. Quickly. Isn't that great? The last word he says to us is quickly. I like that. The whole Bible is coming to a close. And the last thing he says to us is quickly. I am on my way. I will be there soon. Do you believe that? Do you live like you believe that? You know, what a challenge for us. He which testifies these things says, surely I come quickly. And then John breaks in. I don't know if he's supposed to interrupt, but we have John now. He hears that, you know, Jesus says, I'm coming quickly. He goes, amen, amen. <laughs> Pentecostal. He was, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. We know that Acts chapter 8 and so forth. Amen, even so come, Lord Jesus. It's very interesting there. Even so come, come is a present imperative. You need to be coming, and I'm not suggesting it, you got to come. It's very strange to hear a human using an imperative speaking to God, but he's doing what you and I do constantly now. We watch the news, we see what's going on, and we say, Lord, you got to get us out of here. You got to get us out of here, Lord. You got to get us out of here. You know, I used to be, you know, this guy praying, Lord, bring a revival before you come. And now I'm saying, Lord, but if you want to just take us home, you can do that. Right? John's response is, Amen. You got to do it, Lord. You got to come. Even so, come, Lord. You got to do this. You're on your way. Then you need to do it, Lord. Come. It's the Patmos prayer. It's been prayed by a thousand generations. So often prayed when we're alone on, you know, whatever our Patmos is. So often when we're alone, sometimes with cancer, sometimes our kid is sick, sometimes difficult things are going on around us. We're in situations where there's tragedy all around us, whether we lose someone to COVID, whether we lose someone to cancer, whether we lose someone to heroin, whether we lose someone to murder. We're surrounded with it. It runs through the church. But the Patmos prayer is even so. Come, Lord Jesus. You gotta come, Lord, and get us out of here. You gotta get us out of here. Look, come, Lord Jesus is the Greek form of the Aramaic Maranatha. This is the Greek form. Come, Lord Jesus. 
so interesting. The, the first words of man in the Bible to God were, I knew I was naked. I was ashamed. I hid myself. The last word of man in the Bible to God is, you got to come, Lord. Come on, Lord. Lord, you got to come. We're waiting for you. you got to get here. Revelation, more pertinent to us than ever. Um, what a privilege to journey through this, uh, make this last journey with you guys. Uh, sorry we had to talk about COVID. Um, look, um, read ahead. What do you mean? We're done the book of Revelation. We still have to read ahead? Yeah. <laughs> What we're going to do if the Lord tarries, and I hope he doesn't, but if he does, next week we'll have communion. And we'll use those little safety cups so you don't have to worry. And everybody will get it on the way in, and then you have to get a college degree to open it. And then it tastes terrible when you open it, and the thing sticks to the roof of your mouth. We're going to do that. We'll have communion next week, but it's symbolic of uh, the body and the blood of Christ. And then if the Lord tarries the week after that, we'll begin the Gospel of John. Because I believe, personally, John wrote the gospel after Patmos. Scholars argue on both sides. But as we'll see as we go through, there are so many things in the gospel that speak right to the things that took place in Revelation. Uh, remarkable. Then if the Lord tarries, and I don't believe he will, but then if he tarries, when we're done, John will go to Genesis. So hopefully you'll see the creator before we study him. Okay? Uh, so... Look, please pray for us. We have no desire to be defiant to civil authorities. We have no desire to grieve anybody in our school or in our church. We don't want to do any of that. The Lord has called the pastoral staff to feed the flock, to care for them. Drug addiction is real. Suicide has gone through the ceiling with the lockdowns and COVID. Again, Across the country, out of every 100,000 teenagers that died from COVID, one out of 100,000, 33 out of 100,000, 16 to 90, committed suicide. So the lockdown was 33 times more dangerous than the virus. Okay? So what we need to do as pastors is figure out, okay, Lord, what are we supposed to do here? How do we go through this? You know, just help us. Give us wisdom. You love your people and more than ever, the days we're living in, we need to be in the scripture together. We need to be yielded to the Holy Spirit together. We need to be coming to prayer meeting together. We need to do things more than ever. And the Lord tells us not to neglect the gathering together of ourselves, as is the manner of some, especially as we see the day drawing near. So we, again, we're going to render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, but we are going to render to God the things that are God's. Would you stand and pray with me? Father, we thank you for these things, Lord, the promise of this book. That we, we thank you that we can read the scripture and not have to add a single thing or take a single thing away, Lord, that it abides forever. Heaven and earth will be gone and your word unchanged will be there forever, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for that. But let it be real, Lord. More than ever, Lord Jesus, draw us to sit alone, to turn other things off, to sit alone with your word, Lord, to let it speak to us. Teach us in these days, Lord, to pray 
in ways that we never have before. And Lord, for the pastoral staff, give us wisdom moving forward in the midst of all this. And not just for us, Lord, for churches across this country and churches around the world where there's still light and there's still salt, Lord. Shepherd us. We trust you to do that, Lord Jesus, we pray in your name. Amen.